read from Psalm 30, verses 1 through 5, and then 11 through 12. It reads, I exalt you, Lord, because you pulled me up. You didn't let my enemies celebrate over me. Lord, my God, I cried out to you for help, and you healed me. Lord, you brought me up from the grave, brought me back to life from among those going down to the pit. You who are faithful to the Lord, sing praises to him. Give thanks to his holy name. His anger lasts for only a second, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay all night, but by morning, joy. You changed my morning into dancing. You took off my funeral clothes and dressed me up in joy so that my whole being might sing praises to you and never stop. Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Amen. Amen. We uh, are finishing up our series, it's, and it's almost Christmas, isn't it? It's almost Christmas. It's a couple days away. I know I got asked, why are you not wearing your Christmas tie? I said, it's not Christmas yet. It's almost Christmas. Or rather, it's an almost altogether Christmas. And we've been talking about this almost versus altogether, or maybe in our more contemporary tongue, all in. We're going to go all in versus almost. And Wesley has brought this message to us. Are we an almost Christian or are we an all in Christian? And we've been going through the candles. Do we have an an almost peace, hope, love, and joy, or do we have an all-together, an all-in peace, hope, love, and joy this season? And I want to share with you a bit about my calling, because um, someone this week asked me, we were working on a project, and so he called and was asking me questions, and he said, how did you get here? How'd you get into Sellersburg? Tell me how you ended up there. And I said, I don't know where to begin that story, because I could say the bishop appointed me last July, but that was simply just a piece of the, of the larger story of my life. At 16, 17, I went through some really dark times, really, really deep, dark times that more or less confronted me with my own understanding of myself and my own understanding of faith. And so I basically said to God, if I'm here, then we need to get serious with each other. And I felt like God was like, well, it's really on your end, right? I've always been ready for you. And so I kind of made this deal with God as I was 19 and was asked to serve as a full-time youth pastor for 18-year-olds and 17-year-olds and 16, 15-year-olds. And as a teenager myself, I was once thinking, is this dumb? <laughs> and, you know, the sensible part of me. But I saw that the door was open, and I didn't know whether to go through. I had a million reasons to not go through that door. But I prayed to God, hey, we have this serious relationship. I'm putting it on you. If the door is open, I'm going to walk through it because I could talk myself out of it if I really wanted to. But if you really want me to go through that door, then I'll go. And if you don't, then close the door. And I really emphasized, close the door, please, because I did not feel up to the task. I went through the door. The door did not close. It led me through ups and downs in life that led me from Scipio, United Methodist Church, uh, back to Bloomington, and then to Nashville, Indiana, and then up to Fishers, Indiana, where I worked at a church, and then I got called to be in Franklin to do full-time youth ministry through a random phone call, and then a random phone call took me to Darlington United Methodist Church to be a pastor, and again, I, I prayed, honestly, are you sure you don't want to close the door? Because I'm going to go through it. I went through the door, and then I got a call at this door opening, and what an adventure of a life, I'll tell you. So when someone says, how'd you get here? 
I'm like, oh my goodness, I have no idea. Only through God. Only through the open doors, trusting that God is with me, and then watching life unfold. That's how I got here. Could never have planned to be here at 19. I'll tell you, I didn't even know Sellersburg existed. I'd never heard of it. Never heard that Darlington existed, but yet God had plans. Amen? So I think of Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, whom the Gospel of Luke focuses on heavily in the beginning. And if someone were to ask Mary, how'd you get here? Maybe two months after she received the news. Maybe nine months later. Maybe nine years or 30 years, 40 years. How'd you get here, Mary? And I've got to think she had the same struggles I did. Are you sure? The door is open. Let it be as you would have it be, God. To think of a young 15-year-old, 14-year-old, betrothed, pregnant girl accepting all of this, walking through the door. And then we hear again and again in the gospel story how she considered all these things and she pondered them in her heart. I wonder if she just was trying to process it all in the meantime. She'd gone through the door, but what all it meant came later. The commitment she had to, to go through the doors and watch the story unfold and kind of be a spectator as much as she was in the driver's seat saying, yes, Lord. And we can all identify with that kind of life. One time or another, God has spoken to you, or maybe God's speaking to you now. The door is open, and you've just been hesitant because you wonder, are you sure? I could think of a million reasons. And I think of Mary, and it inspires me in my story, and I think of our understanding of joy. Joy is unique to the candles. All the other words we, we've lifted up, peace and hope and love, they're things that we can decide to do that we can cling to, that we can, on our own, come to them. We can come to have hope. We can come to love. We can come to have peace. But joy, we cannot achieve. It can only be received. We can only open ourselves to it, and then God gives it. It's a different kind of experience, this joy. And so a lot of us settle for an almost joy. We manufacture it, right? We find all sorts of stuff to give us a thrill, to give us a, a smile, and and a little sputter in our heart like life is good and it's happy. And I used to be convinced that if I just got this next thing, if I just bought that, I'd be good. Then I'd be complete, right? Oh, well, one more thing, right? And then, oh, well, if I just had a bigger house. Well, if I just had a nicer car. Well, if I, and the story goes on and on, trying to manufacture joy. Or we even see our whole world in the sense of manufactured joy and how things should be. But that's an almost joy. We look at Zechariah the mighty priest, Mary's uncle, as he's standing in the Holy of Holies, as he's standing on that great day at the top of the chain, his tribe that is the one that was picked, he's there offering incense to the Lord. I mean, he, by our standards, had achieved all you could achieve when it comes to God. And yet he struggled to receive the joy of good news versus Mary, who had nothing and received it. We sometimes get stuck thinking that if we're just like Zechariah, if we're just a little better, right? If we're just a little more Christian, that we can receive the joy. That's not exactly how it works. I want to look at Psalm 30, we're reading today, because it's offered from a place of frustration and despair, having gone through some really dark times, and kind of emerging in the midst of the dark times with a sense of joy, or a sense of hope for the joy. And somehow in that hope and in this reframing of the thinking. You know, David was a mighty king. 
and for David to sit in the midst of the darkness and throw himself at the mercy of God. When David was the king, he was the man in charge. Suddenly he finds joy when he submits, when he submits to God. So he says in the psalm, it's, it's said that we experience enemies, don't we? Have you experienced an enemy? Raise your hand if you've you got an enemy, even if it's yourself. Right? We experience enemies. We experience moments of desperation and sickness, of ill health. We experience days of the pit or shale, of a dead life, of despair. But we, the faithful, can sing songs of praise to God in the midst because we know that God will lead us out, that there is a joy that can come even in the midst. If it's just simply the hope, we can find the joy. Mourning is changed into dancing with the good news of Jesus Christ that we tell this Advent season. The powerful, like Zechariah, are brought down low because their power was manufactured in the first place. And Mary, who in the world of the manufactured power is low, is lifted up because she understands the true power. And through that experiences the joy. And this is all good news for us because we're all merry. We're all struggling. It's funny how where we know that God's in charge, that God has the true power, and that the true power looks like love and hope and peace, we still squabble over other types, don't we? We still get mad and, and worked up about the manufactured power and joy that's out in the world. We struggle with our almost joy when we allow our hearts to get too wrapped up and downtrodden for politics. And we're all victims of this. We're all guilty. We seek after an almost joy when we depend upon manufactured power to be our source of peace and hope and love and joy. How easily we are knocked down from our faith in God by our disapproval of manufactured power plays. Amen? We are called not to an almost joy. We are called to an altogether, all-in joy of God alone. In the Lord alone. In the Lord completely. A gift of joy that must be received. So Wesley calls the church to be altogether, all-in, to put our whole selves in the hands of God. This means our whole mind, our whole heart, our whole soul, our whole body and strength. All of it, all of our allegiance, all of our peace and hope and love and joy in God alone, holding nothing back. And through this, we receive a whole, all-in, altogether joy from God. Perhaps we need to spend the next couple of days as Zechariah did. If you remember the story, Zechariah struggled to receive the joy, and so he was silenced. The great and powerful man was silenced. I wonder what he thought about for 10 months or nearly 10 months. I imagine in his silence, because, you know, being a priest, which is kind of like a pastor, we always got something to say, right? Sometimes you're just like, whoa. Imagine Zechariah. He was in the Holy of Holies. What did he do with the silence? In the silence, perhaps, he was able to start to notice and hear all the joy of the good news when he just got out of his own way. Or Mary who watches it all unfold and commits things to memory and just simply ponders them in her heart. We're in the midst, we're at the pinnacle of the hustle and bustle of the Christmas season. It's getting chaotic, amen? It's a bit stressful, wonderful. I invite you to spend time in silence, to think about 
what we've been talking about with the peace, hope, love, and joy, the all-togetherness. Have you allowed room for the message of Advent to sink in in this Christmas season of what's about to happen in the story? God is with us. Jesus is Emmanuel. God is with us. And if you take nothing else from the story, you need nothing else but to know that God is with you. There is no other good news like this. No matter where you are, no matter what you are experiencing, God is with you. No matter what side of the political aisle you stand on, God is with you. And God's with them. No matter if you're feeling the weight of despair amidst the darkest valleys, God is with us. Maybe your next few days will be of celebration. Some of you will be deep pain. God is with you all. If you're young or old, God's with you. If you're rich or poor, God is with you. If you're whole or broken, God is with us. If we're faithful or unfaithful, God is with us. If we're angry or elated, God is with us. If we're tall or short, God is with us. If we're hungry, if we're full, God is with us. That's the story, amen? Let us take time to remember that through the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of joy has been extended to know truly that God is with us. Now, when we truly accept that God is with us and that God is with you all, God is with all people, that the gift of joy is right there for everyone, then we start to tap into that altogether joy that God offers. When we start seeing the world as one, not as divvied up in the manufactured tribes that we have created, may you spend time in silence pondering these next few days the encounter of the good news, and may it come to life anew in you. May you be assured that no matter where this life may take you, how it might unfold, that God is with you. May you hold that kind of faith and hold that kind of faith alone. Go all in, that you can watch the doors open, that you can participate in God's leading, and that you can find the altogether joy that God gives that we can have an all-together Christmas. Amen? Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for your word, for your reminder, for the message that you have given to us, for the way that you came to us in the most unexpected way, in the way that challenges all of our logic and reasoning, in the way that invites us to let go and trust that you are with us. I thank you that you are ever working to soften our hearts and to call us back to home, to the place that we were created to be in the first place with you and with each other. So help us grasp this altogether joy, Lord. Help us to know that you are with us. Through Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.